Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me is... Sometimes is Victor quite <laughs> often. Yes, <laughs> he's back today. Hey. He's here. It's been I, a long weekend. It's been a good time to get back in here. Huh? That's right. Very good. Well, it was a also a very rainy and wet weekend. So very we're trapped slow inside. Weekend, yes. Yeah, we're in there for what three, four days. Solid rain. Yeah, we were actually traveling. We we're uh, visiting my oldest down in Starkville. Okay. So we had a good time walking around in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they, they did very good at making it. A habitable and comfortable for us while we visit for Parents Day. I'll tell you, I was it was lazy for here, you know, here for me during the day. Now we have like three thousand Halloween howlers to go through every other night, you know, for the different schools and church and then grandparents' oh, yeah. church and all that. So, but in the daytime, I was pretty, I was laying around a lot, watching mm-hmm. football and things like that. But you know, you, you'd said a minute ago, uh, slowful. I heard you say that's that, right. and that's. I'm glad you said that because that's what we're going to be talking about today. How coincidental! Yeah, I know. It's, right. It wasn't like we planned that at all. That's right. But no, it's it, that's something I've been wanting to talk about for a while. You and I both have, and it's something that we have not talked about yet, which is sloth, and you know, mainly spiritual sloth is what I want to is right. really touch base on. But you know, there's a definition given by Fulton Sheen that says sloth is a malady of the will that causes us to neg- to neglect our duties. It is spiritual when it shows itself as an indifference to character betterment, a distaste for the spiritual, a hurried crowding of devotions, lukewarmness. And failure, failure to cult, excuse me, cultivate new virtue. So that's that's a pretty good definition. What I would have said is it's yeah. spiritual laziness. It's right. it's just it's a disease of the will, sort of that causes you to sort of step back and recoil from effort. Mm-hmm. You know, and it can mean both physical and spiritual. But um, you know, I think that's a big problem with men in the world today. Is is we know the right things that we need to do. We know that we need to pray. We know we need to go to church. We know we need to read the scriptures, that we need to be interactive with communities of brothers, all these things that we've talked about. But there's this one thing that keeps us from doing that, and it's that that laziness, that spiritual laziness. Right. We're very good at delaying the things we need to do. Right. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, like, um, you know, I need to study. I need to read the Bible. I need to kind of understand more of the, uh, excuse me, Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But more things, you know, we need to focus on kind of like developing ourselves. You know, if, if like we do the sports analogy all the time. Right. If you want to be faster, better, stronger, you have to do what? You have to practice. You have yeah. to keep training. You have to do those things. Right. And it so easily slips away from you. Like, I mean, I know in my life, I, I go to daily mass. I try to do all these things. But, you know, after a while, I start realizing, man, I haven't like, you know, sat down in my spot and really given time to God. I've, I've been watching TV or I've been... And I keep telling myself, I'm doing this, I'm oh, doing yeah. this, but you don't acknowledge. It's almost like this this thing in your mind is like, well, you're still doing okay. Like, you don't need to put out that much effort. You got this now, right? You're further along than you used to be. So you don't need as much. And that's the devil whispering in your ear to keep encouraging this like, yeah, just do one less thing. And all of a sudden, one less thing has, has turned into everything. You're not doing anything anymore, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's the trick of, of sloth. And you know, there's lots of different Bible verses about that. You know, I went through, and Proverbs is full of them. You know, Proverbs around the 21st, there's, a, well, 18 through about the 26th chapter, there's a lot of it. But, you know, here's some of them. You know, how long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? You know, that's that's a verse talking about it. When are you going to get up and be active? Why are you, you've lulled yourself to sleep? 
There's another one. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. That's from 2 Thessalonians. Um, the desires of sluggers will slay them, for their hands refuse to work. That's from Proverbs 21, 25. And then one more here. Those slack in their work are kin to the destroyer. That's from Proverbs 18, 9. And it reminds you, that verse reminds me of when Jesus said, whoever is is not for me is against me. And that's, because that, that should scare us, that, that line right there, that verse, when it says those slack in their work are kin to the destroyer. He's basically saying you are much more like the devil than you are me mm-hmm. when you allow yourself to be slothful. So that that's one of those that you read, you're like, wait a minute, right. <laughs> that should set off an alarm somewhere. Well, it's just you're, you're wasting any, you're wasting your effort that you are, were here for a yeah. reason. I mean, let me start over. But you were created for a purpose and a reason. Mm-hmm. And if you're not busy at being at that purpose or that reason for your existence, then really you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not developing. You're not helping. You're not cultivating any wisdom while you're here, or you're not helping anyone. And and we we sometimes pause our spiritual button very well. You yeah. know, we we do that, <laughs> and then we and then also we kind of snap too, and then we kind of get back to where we're supposed to be. It yeah. happens to all of us. I, I mean, I was on a pause this weekend, literally. Yeah. I mean, I was busy visiting, doing the family stuff, and seeing my daughter. I haven't seen for a month, so we we're out doing stuff. And you know, guess what? We I mean we did make mass on Sunday. But my usual morning routines was, well, you know, it was out the window. Right. Literally. And that's that's what happens. Like, yeah. it's you know, in, in Sheen's definition that we talked about in the beginning, he talks about, you know, there's an indifference to character betterment. There's um, a hurried crowding of devotions. You know, we've all said the rosary in 10 minutes, you know, because we were just trying to get it done. Uh, instead of the reason we should be doing it, that lukewarmness that sneaks up when we, we get out of, out of habits. Habits are easy to start, but they're... I mean, they're hard to start, but easy to, to get out of, right? It's hard to make yourself go to the gym. Then you go for a while and you get over the initial pain and the, the, the soreness and all that that keeps people away, but how quickly you can stop. You know, yeah. you can lose some weight and go, you know what, I'm good. Or you just, you know, other things come up and that that's what happens. But, um, you know, it all leads to failure to co- cultivate new virtue, right? And a, dist- a distaste for the spiritual. And that's where we can wind up if we're not careful. Is so we just start going, you know what? I don't want to do that. It takes effort. And then I've got to get all serious. And then I got to, you know, all these things we can tell ourselves. And so whether we realize it or not, it becomes a, deta- a, a distaste for the spiritual. Man, I'm getting tongue tied today. I don't know why. <laughs> but it, it's something that we really have to watch out for. And it's something that Jesus tells us multiple times in the Bible through parables that he's not a fan of. Like he, yeah. he does not care for this at all. And so I want to kind of go through some of those examples. Because um, scripture, you know, is obviously the basis where where we need to be looking to see how to live our lives. Mm-hmm. But the first one I can think of is the virgins, right? The ones that they were waiting on the master to return, and they were supposed to have oil for their lamps and all of those things. Uh, but we, but they were found, you know, asleep at the time, and they they woke up, they didn't have the oil, so they they had to go and get the oil and come back. And when they did. The master was gone. Right. You know, they woke up and said, oh, please give us some of yours. And, and the thing that a lot of people may not think about is that oil that they needed was the size of a thimble. It wasn't like they needed some big 55-gallon drum of oil laying around. It was some hassle to get. They just needed a little bit of oil, and they didn't have it. And when they when they woke up and realized it, they began to say, can we have some of yours? Can we have some of yours? And, and Jesus is painting a picture here of, like, don't rest on your laurels because you never know when I'm coming. And it's going to be too late, and there's not going to be any excuses then. So that's one example there where, where 
you know, we've rested and not cared and been, been, um, lackadaisical about our preparation. And then all of a sudden we go, Oh man, Oh, Oh shoot. You know, when he shows up. So that's one of the examples there. I know you probably got some thoughts on that, but that's one of the main ones there that yeah. came to mind first. Well, I mean, going off on that as well is that the, um, I was always, when I was young growing up and reading, I was like, the time Jesus got really mad at a fig tree. I yeah. mean, you know, he's like, he, he was like, you know, he was so hungry. He's yeah. like, oh, there's a fig tree, man. I'm so hungry. Walks up to it, looking around, observing the whole tree. Looks healthy, looks productive, but guess what? There's nothing on it. Yeah, that was actually right. the second example I was going to go to was that one. It was, it's like the only time where it says Jesus cursed anything. Like he right. cursed the tree. And it's exactly right. It's exactly what you're saying is, he walked up and expected something and it wasn't there. And, you know, I believe he finished that with saying, you will never bear fruit again. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was angry. And, you know, there's very few times where you can see where Jesus is angry in the Bible. But, you know, obviously we've talked about the money changers and things like that in the past. But right. this is one where he's simply mad because he's just like, man, I'm out here doing all of this stuff. And, and there, you don't have anything for me when I come. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. It's the parallel that he draws to us is that he's going to have that sort of attitude with us is, look, you've you've had your whole life and you've had multiple opportunities and, and yet you, you didn't bear fruit. You didn't produce, you didn't, you weren't about the things that I've told you to be about. Right. You look pretty. Yeah. You had branches were full. The outside looks good. Right. Good. And the thing too, you know, going further in that scripture is that Jesus said, you know, curses, but he's like, he removes that root. Yeah. I mean, just totally up, uproots the whole tree in the sense of what he's saying that you will not encumber the earth anymore. Yeah. So what I mean, you know, look at analogy. Which is like you're you're in the way. You're right. not you're not part of this. What would be the analogy? Like if if we were fig trees, all of us were fig trees, and some of us produced fruit, some of us didn't, and we we're connected to the, to the ground, which may be the Holy Spirit and God, you know, and, and the faith, but yet we don't produce anything out of our, our good, of yeah. our faith. Then then we're we're like living off God as a parasite. Well, it's that if you're not with me, you're against me, right. and it's yeah. the weeds and the wheat. I mean, it's you know when during that talk he says you know, that the, that the weeds will be pulled and thrown into the fire. You know, I mean, that's basically an analogy for us going to hell if we're not yeah. doing the things that he's asked us to do. Um, and that's the thing is we're getting so many reminders throughout Scripture all the time about what we should be doing. And that's what's so terrible about sloth is that you know better, but you allow yourself to get in this place where other things become more important. You know, I there's a lot of times when I look at, for instance, Jacob that plays, uh, you know, competitive soccer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's games on Sunday. And I have a problem with that. You know, other people tell you to lighten up, but in Catholic Church has eight different masses you can go to from Saturday to, but it's still the Lord's day. He still asked us in Exodus, hey, put this aside. This is for no work. This is for nothing else but for the Lord's day. And there's people that will call me a prude for, for thinking like that, but you know, it's a it's prune. A prude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a prude. <laughs> we're not, we're off the fig tree. Yes, we're off the fig tree here. <laughs> but um, no, honestly, it's just, those are things that we throw yeah, away is, is it doesn't matter. Right. And those are the things that Jesus is going to count one day. He's going to say, look, these are things that you were asked to do and you didn't do them. Whether it was out of laziness or choosing on your own or whatever it was, but you didn't do what you were asked. And, and so, I mean, we can keep going here. The next one is the buried talent. You know, everybody knows that when the master gives, you know, 10 talents to this guy and five talents to that guy and one to the other one. And the other ones return with a return on the investment. Right, we've doubled your money. We've done this. We've done that, and then the one the one uh, servant says, "I buried it because I know you to be an angry man, and I yeah. didn't want to catch your wrath." And well, and I didn't it, want to do anything good for you because right. you're 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 
Well, he was making excuses. Yeah, right. That's what he was doing. He was making excuses for, you know, it's one of those, hey, son, why did you break that? Uh, 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 uh. It, yeah. was, it was, it was, no, it was, uh, no, you had the option. You had the choice. It was your responsibility and you didn't do anything with it. And so, you know, he, it even says that the master got angry and said, you could have at least put it in the bank and had a return on my investment. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, and he's cast him out. He wants to throw him into hell, basically, is the end of that parable, too. You see a running um, theme here with not doing what God asks of us and, and falling down our own laziness and our own choices of, of basically just saying it's not important to me anymore. Right. And that's the danger that happens in sloth. Well, what what you're kind of saying too is like slothfulness is kind of like a spiritual anesthesiologist. You know, it's like it like it gives you medicine to Stop fall using asleep. big words. Well, you know, <laughs> it gives you it gives you the gas or that medicine to say you don't need to do this. So it's like beans, is that what you're talking beans, about? Beans, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. But anyways, you know, it's the sense, you know, like lulling you to sleep, saying it's not important. It's, you know, you've, you've done good. Hey, you're, you're okay. You're better than most people. Like the whole, that scripture, you have the Pharisee and the taxpayer, right? Mm-hmm. Tax collector. I always say taxpayer, say tax collector for some reason. Yeah. Because I am, a, I pay a lot of They taxes. weren't paying anything. <laughs> they right. were stealing. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, but you know, that, that's the thing is that we have to make sure we're not lulled asleep by slowfulness yeah we could always we always are capable of being a target because that's that's the easiest way for us to get off track right is to like just be distracted yeah and you become indifferent in that distraction it becomes so much easier to to talk yourself out of something when you're not maintaining these practices you know when you're not competing well for the faith like we've talked about before when you're not setting your priorities and i've been reading uh cardinal sarah's new book uh the day is now far spent which is a line from the road emmaus and the story there and i mean i love this quote it's about this and it's about acidia which is where they say sloth and laziness and all this stuff comes from but um the quote is the west is perhaps too accustomed to it it no longer shivers with joy before the manger scene it no longer weeps with gratitude before the cross it no longer trembles in amazement before the blessed sacrament i think men need to be insto- astonished in order to adore to praise to thank this god who is so good and so great Wisdom begins with wonder, Socrates said. The inability to wonder is a sign of a civilization that is dying. And so when you read all that and you listen to that, he's talking about this, the fact that we become indifferent, that that when you become slothful, the luster comes off of everything, right? Like you know, you walk into church and you carry conversations on instead of being in awe of the blessed sacrament or or we come to look at Christmas as a time for presents and gifts instead of sure. the birth of the Savior and what that means for the world and all of these things. And so he says that so beautifully there about what this you know, sloth can do in our lives that, that suddenly it, it takes the wonder out of everything. And when you lose that, like he said, a civilization is dying. And you begin to look around the world and in our country and you look at all the things that when we've taken God out of school and all of these other things we've done that that we lose that wonder and, and we wonder why we're in the situation we are because with all these killings and just the disrespect for people and people don't receive the dignity of other people anymore. It's just this kind of free for all battle Royal all the time in the in life. Mm-hmm. And it's because we've lost the wonder and the reverence for these things. And God loses his place in our life because we volunteer to allow that to happen is we allow sloth to come further and further in our life. Right. Well, you kind of talk, spoke on something about like the, uh, the entry into a sanctuary, you know, a big thing that I found, uh, uh, amazingly, um, conveyed my desire to know more about the Catholic faith was when, whenever my wife and I would go to the mass, 
you know, we'd walk in and it was like quiet. You know, there were people in there, but people were kneeling, were being reverent, being quiet, praying and meditating. I love that, that initial kind of peacefulness, you know, and, you know, dipping my fingers into the font and remembering my baptism, my promise to be part of God's car, you know, God's creation is in the body of Christ. And, and bowing, you know, giving respect to Christ in the tabernacle, because as Catholics, we believe Christ is actually there, you know, embodied in the blood and the wine and, you know, in the, bo- in the, in the uh, bread, mm-hmm. you know, becomes his body, his, his blood. You know, not to say that other churches outside the Catholic Church, you know, Holy Spirit is everywhere. But, I mean, we have that, that special connection in the Catholic Church that we were there and it were as if we we're in front of Christ himself, yeah. and, you know, in heaven. And so, you know, when you walk in with awe every time, no matter where you are in the Catholic faith, you walk in with awe and respect and you bow and you say, Lord, forgive me. I am a simple sinner. You know, right. please change me. When you're talking about like when you're going to mass or you're doing these things, being about your business, yeah. right? Like that's a, that's a way to put that. Like when I come to church or when it's my time to pray or when like my, when it comes to this, whatever part of my day, that's what I'm about. Sure. Like, I'm not going to lose that. I'm not, I'm going to fight for that even when I don't feel like it. And you know, to say I'm about my business is another point. Like Jesus gives us that example of his whole life. The first thing we ever hear Jesus say is when he's 12 year olds and when he's 12 year old in the temple and he's been lost and his parents go in there and they find him and, and they're worried. And Jesus looks at him and says, did you not, would you, did you not think you would find me in my father's house or other translations say, you know, did you not know I would be about my father's business? Mm-hmm. That was at 12 years old and all the way through his life until he was hanging on the cross. The last thing he said is it is consummated. It is finished. What he, what he was trying to show us, I believe was that from the time that he was able to understand and to, and to do these things, he knew what his mission was. He knew how important it was. And he was always about his father's business all the way until the end when he looked up and he said, yep. father, it is finished. Right. I've done what you've asked me to do. And that's what we're called to do all the time. And that's that's why this is one of the seven deadly sins, because this is something you can lose your life over if you allow other things from the world, other other distractions to take you from whatever the Father's business, whatever he's given to you in your life to be. And for us, that's to be strong Catholic pillar of, of society men, to, to, to be out there and be leading the ones we love, the people in our parish, our families, all of these things. And when we turn our sights away from that is when we allow the devil to come in and just wreak havoc on everything. Right. So when you're talking about when I go to church, even that thing that we take for granted, the fact that we can go to mass every day. Well, it wakes us up. Right. Slowfulness. And That's it's just, yeah. yeah. And it's just another day, right? right? We just, I go to daily mass. I just walk in here. I'm going to bebop in 10 minutes late and, you know, scruff around and make noise and all this stuff. And meanwhile, a lot of people don't even look at the, and I've caught myself doing it. Look at the tabernacle or the Eucharist until it's time to start looking at it. And, and those things seem so simple, but they, they start that sort of that first domino that start to knock down all the other ones. And then all of a sudden you're in a mess and you're so far from where you should be spiritually, just because you allowed yourself to become, you know, more complacent and allowing things that once were important in your life to not be so important anymore. Yep. Well, and that's what I was going to say is like that yeah. every, every time I go into mass, it's, it's like being woken up. Mm-hmm. If I am last days ago, like we were talking about, or if yeah. I was distracted, or if I was in a, a different frame of mind, being slowful, you know, not being focused on what my daily needs, my day needs to be set, 
that's when I'm usually awoken again, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important for us to go to Mass, you know, every week, guys. I mean, I know hunting's important. I know fishing's important. I know camping, doing all the stuff is important. I'm but, starting to take this personal. But I'm saying, you know, <laughs> I'm saying, but we got to really adjust what, yeah. what's the priority here. No, you know, are right. we going to miss four weeks in a row, four weekends in a row because we're trying to get that, that big buck? Well, that's, you know? I mean, yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing we got to, we got to be truthful about it. Yeah, you've got to put your priorities in order. And, you know, there's another quote I have here from Fulton Sheen, and he's talking about that. He says, heaven is only for those who work for heaven. The very things we neglected will be the very cause of our ruin. And that's so right. Like, the things that we find so unimportant now or we can easily push to the side are going to be the very things that when, when we die – and I, you know, I've never died, obviously, so I don't know what it's exactly going to be like. But we've heard judgment and standing sure. before Christ, and and there's going to be a reading of what happened in your life, and these things that are so unimportant now are going to be very important in that moment. But the problem there is, it's too late. There's no falling on your knees and repenting. Then what's done is done, and your life's going to be read back to you. And and Christ even says that in Revelation three sixteen says so because you were lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. I will spit you out of my that's, mouth. That's scary. I saw. I, I remember reading that. That was scary as a kid. Yeah. I mean, Revelation was scary. It's, it's a kid. Yeah. Thing, but, yeah. The whole thing. But the whole thing is adult realizing that that I, I am in control of how I behave. Yeah. And how I respect other people or don't respect people, uh, and how I teach my kids and and how I am as a as a parent and also a spouse. I'm in control of it. There's no excuses. Right. You know, either I, I am I'm beneficial to those around me or I'm hazardous. So. Yeah. And we're going to look back and say, man, I, I didn't have time for all these things and give the excuses, but I had time to sit on a Sunday before NFL season started and, and spend eight hours picking fantasy football leagues and then spending however many hours a week from then on out in a 16-week season to to maintain teams. But I couldn't find time to pray. I couldn't find time to spend with my kids. I couldn't find time to go serve others or to adore or any of these things or go to Mass more than once a week. and. We, we convince ourselves that a good life is all we need, but a good life doesn't necessarily mean it's a successful right. one. Good life used to be that fig tree without fruit on right. it. And right, and that's what Jesus is trying to tell us over right. and over and over. That's why it's so important to read the scriptures and understand, like to look beyond this is a story for another person and really receive this as he's talking to me, whether it's good, bad, or in the middle of the road, to always say, like, what is Jesus saying to me? Because if you don't do that, you're going to miss all of these warnings that Scripture is full of, from the Old Testament to the New, and it, it's just something that a lot of people, I think, it, it's gonna, it's really gonna to mess a lot of people up because we're gonna wind up being in a place that we don't want to be in, and and that, you know, there's another quote from Fulton Sheen that says it really well. He says, "We finish our vocation as he finished his on a cross and nowhere else. Only to the doers, the doers of the truth, and not its preachers or hearers." comes the reward of the crown. So what he's saying is it's not going to be what you say or how you act. It's going to be about what you right. actually have done. Right, who you know. It's, right. you got to do it. Yeah. yeah. You can't be that Pharisee from the gospel yesterday, you know, saying, I'm glad I'm not that guy, and look yeah. at all the things I've done. You know, it's got to be the things that you've done in your life and that work to always remember, if we're supposed to till our own garden and I need a tiller or a, a hoe or something, you know, in my hand or a, a shovel or yeah. something, all the time to make sure that I'm reminded that I constantly have to be busy. And, you know, there's nothing to fear here, right? Like, it's just work. You go to work and do your daily, you know, um, regular world stuff. And we do that without fail. We need to look at our spiritual life in the same way. I need to do that work too. My day is not done until I put in the work there. 
and we don't need to fear it. Like that's another Fulton Sheen. I'm full of them today. Yeah. But it says you've been reading. Yeah, we need. <laughs> we yeah, it gave me a severe headaches. But <laughs> we need have no undue fear for our health if we work hard for the kingdom of God. God will take care of our health if we take care of His cause. In any case, it is better to burn out than to rust out. Only one thing in life matters, being found worthy of the light of the world and the hour of his visitation. Hmm. And that's what we need to keep in mind, that, that, that that's there. And, you know, one last point I want to make, really, before the show comes in here, is the scene in the garden, right? When Jesus is going to pray to the Father, and he's scared, and he's about to... to, to, to uh, the days to, upon to, him. Yeah, to cry, him, yeah. To, to, to cry tears of blood. And he wants nothing else but to be surrounded by those who have been with him, those who love him. And he says to them, remain here and keep watch with me. And then it says the disciples fell asleep. He went off to pray and they fell asleep. And the question I'll ask the guys today, are we going to do the same? Jesus is saying to us today, remain here and keep watch with me. Don't walk away from me. Don't don't allow the things of the world to pull your attention from, from me. Are you going to remain here and keep watch with me? Are you going to stand by my side and help to change this world, to change your family, to change your parish, to change this country, to change the world and, and to represent what I need you to do or are you going to fall asleep right and those are the people that walked closest to him that fell asleep not once but three times in that night so how much harder is it going to be for us to remain here and keep watch with them so that's why it's so important that we have to remember this we have to we have to take time to put these things and schedule them into our life so that just like we do any other event in our phone it dings and says I need to pray it means I need to go to mass I need to go to adoration. I need to read my book tonight. I need to open my Bible. And we need to do these things so that we can do what the Lord has asked us. Not only what he's asked us, but what he's warned us against, which is becoming slothful. And so as we leave here today, just just pray about it. Like look for the places in your life where you're sliding, where you're falling. Look at the things that you used to that you used to do that kept you more in tune with the faith. Whatever those things are, go back to them. Just because you've fallen off doesn't mean that they're not worthy anymore or you need to find something else. If they worked for you once, they can work for you again. Just make sure that you take the time to think about it, to put it into practice in your life, and to remain and keep watch with the Lord. So, Victor, this has been a fun show to do. That's right. I'm glad I said sloth instead of sloth or whatever. Right. And I didn't come in that animal <laughs> outfit. So, you know, that was good. Yeah. Anyway, guys, <laughs> we're going to go to prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, spiritual sloth is one of the worst things we can allow to take hold in our lives. The devil loves nothing more than idle hands and idle hearts. Help us to grow in our desire to always be about your business. And Father, keep us ever diligent in our quest to be found worthy of you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.